Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for the second new movie review in a week. <gasps> what is this? 2019? This can't be right. We brought you Tenet and we're bringing you Bill and Ted. And how is it we not only have two movies released in theaters within the same week that both involve time travel? Oh. This. Ugh. We're also living in another year because this is not 2020, but we're excited because we get to talk about a movie that we put a lot of effort into recapping about two weeks ago, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and almost no effort into bringing you a rerun of for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. (laughs) But now you get a brand new review as we talk about Bill and Ted 3, a.k.a. Bill and Ted Face the Music, a.k.a. Next to Star Wars, the sequel I've been most excited about my entire life. And now is finally the time to see if it lives up to my expectations or if it lives up to Ben's zero expectations. (laughs) So get ready. It's going to be a fun ride. My name is Colin. And what did you think of Boogie Down with Dr. D? And my name is Dennis Caleb McCoy. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) My name is Dennis. Dennis Caleb McCoy. This this will be spoiler free. <laughs> but we're just saying felt like that's all we're Dennis. saying. Yeah, spoiler free. All we're saying is Dennis Caleb McCoy. <laughs> ben, oh. I'm gonna let you go first. Um, you bought Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You've been Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. You said, I think it was 48 hours ago when me, you, and Noah were talking about this movie, uh, that you had zero expectations and you hadn't seen it yet. So at long last, what did you think of Bill and Ted Face the Music? I think I'm sitting at where I was like 48 hours ago. (laughs) You didn't watch it. No, I did. (laughs) I did, I think. Um, A lot's happened this week, Colin. Um, I, I, I guess I just, it was fine. Uh, I mean, you know, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't terrible. I think it was better than the the second one. I will say that. Uh, I, there were definitely parts I enjoyed. There were definitely parts where I'm just going, eh, okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm not as involved and invested in this franchise as you are. I don't even think as, as Noah. Noah seems to be a fan of this franchise as well. So it's, yeah, I, I guess I don't know if I'll ever watch this again. Um, <laughs> It, it, it did the trick. It was entertaining on a Saturday night to watch. I'm glad I didn't go and pay to see it on the big screen. I watched on a little screen. Whether or not that was legally or not, I'll let you be the judge. <laughs> but, yeah, it was fine, Colin. <laughs> I don't know what It else was fine, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, look, I've actually got a couple of reactions to this because I've seen the movie three times now. Um, now, the reason for seeing it three times, uh, A, I did love this movie. I was going to love this movie, I think, no matter what. But... Um, I watched it uh, streaming the first day it came out because for whatever reason, even though they bumped up the streaming date to what was it? August 28th, they kept the theatrical release date as a Monday, uh, which was weird. And I'm like, I'm not waiting another three days to watch this movie. So I watched it at about six in the morning by myself. Uh, I had the rental for 24 hours. Jamie needed to watch it. So I watched it again that night and I had to see this at least once on the big screen. So I saw it again uh, a couple days ago. Uh, and I will say that my first reaction, you know, was, oh, I love this movie. Um, I've been waiting for this movie forever. This lived up to my expectations. Now, having said that, I never set massive expectations because as much as I love Bill and Ted, this isn't Star Wars or James Bond. It is a cheap 
time travel comedy about two dumb guys. Uh, <laughs> so you can't really go in with massive expectations. Uh, but every single time I've seen this movie, it has gotten so much better. So after the third viewing, I mean, to me, this is like a solo, you know, like the Star Wars solo movie where you see it once, you're like, yeah, good. You see it a second time, you're like, oh, I actually enjoyed this even more. And you see it the third time, you're like, wow, what a movie. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of critics out there that are absolutely loving this movie. Like the, the critical response has been extraordinary, which almost surprised me because, again, I felt like this is a pretty standard movie. It's what you expect. But it seems to be pretty popular. <laughs> so I'm glad that the a nearly 30 year wait has paid off for most people who have waited 30 years to watch this movie. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I honestly, right now is the first time I'm actually even reading the, the reviews of it. Actually. I kind of, I think I've mentioned on tenant or maybe I was mentioned to your fair that I've kind of avoided all reviews for everything that I was going to see. Um, and I'm literally staring this right now. The first time, uh, what it got. And I, I think it's pretty standard. I mean, like, Let's just say it as it is. Twenty twenty again, kind of flipping up to just the you know, it's it's fine. It's maybe better than what people thought. I mean, we talked a lot about at the end of um, Bogus Journey that it kind of looked a bit like say like a Dumb and Dumber two, where it was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. what's it going to be? You know, they look a bit old. This isn't what I, they I they were like as kids. And I think similar to Dumb and Dumber two, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and, and like it, I think it also retains a lot of the charm of the original two. Yeah. And this, this is coming from someone who's only seen the original two once, in the, and I've seen them in the last <laughs> you know couple of weeks. So you know I've not watched these five hundred thousand times like you have, and other big fans of this franchise have. But it just there was just something about it that kind of worked. It felt a little closer to the first one than the second one to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I think kind of the, the new characters were good. Um, you know, I, I like that element of sort of the musicians kind of going through time and collecting the musicians like they did sort of in the first one with historical figures. Um, it had Samara Weaving in it. That's never a bad thing. Um, it had Dave Grohl in it. That's never a bad thing. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I'd like it also had Keanu Reeves and, and what's his face? Bill Winter playing many different... Alex Winter. Alex Winter, thank you. Bill Winter, somebody else, but hello to Bill Winter if you're listening. Um, playing <laughs> different sort of versions of themselves, which is always fun. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, again, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, like uh, the, the first thing that I was asked by my brother was, is it just a rehash of the original movies or is it presenting something unique? And I said, it's both. Uh, what they did well, like you said, the time traveling stuff with the historical music figures, that's sort of one part of this movie. And then there's another part, which is, you know, revisiting the afterlife aspect that we saw in Bogus Journey, which, again, all this can be found in the trailers. We're not spoiling anything. And then the third part about the future versions of themselves was totally unique. But I feel like what this movie nailed even more than the original was just really playing up on that time travel uh, aspect. and giving a lot of surprises about, you know, oh, this is how time travel works and we're going to use time travel to do this. Uh, And that's something that I wasn't really expecting out of this movie. And I'll touch a little bit on the, the ending right now without giving anything away, but this movie does not end the way I expected it to end. I don't think it ends the way anybody expected it to end. And I'm actually really happy that they went a completely different direction than I thought. It's, it's very out there. It's very crazy, but it's enjoyable. Uh, and splitting up the cast, I mean, I feel like Bill and Ted 1 and 2, if you had told me two weeks ago even that this movie was going to have you know substantial roles for the daughters, substantial roles for the wives that are separate from Bill and Ted, I would have been worried. But this 
found a way to work all these other characters in for their own mini adventures in a 90 minute movie without any of it detracting from Bill and Ted. Cause I feel like this is still a 100% a Bill and Ted movie. And yeah. the worry about Keanu Reeves not smiling in the trailers, he's grinning like an idiot for this entire movie. So happy about that. <laughs> I agree with all that. And I think kind of, you know, it almost looked like it was going to take a turn like a, a Terminator or kind of one of these movies where they shifted yeah. into a completely different direction for the sake of modern times. and But it, it does, but in a way that is done well. It's kind of not like, oh, we're doing this for this reason only. But like, as you said, like kind of everyone gets their own time in the sun, essentially, and it kind of all connects. And yeah, I like that aspect of it too. And yeah, I, I, I sort of liked how it all did. I liked the ending. It was kind of fun. I liked the credits. Um, there's yeah. a fun moment in the credits there with everything. Um, apparently Weird Al Yankovic is in the credits. I just saw this as a random. I spotted that. Yeah. I I didn't, I didn't see him. I need to go back and watch that part. But, um, yeah. And it's also like kind of one of these things where, you know, let's get an old franchise, make it new again. And sort of, we saw it with the force awakens. Like, sure. It's a good movie, but it's essentially an absolute carbon copy of a new hope. You know, this Mm -hmm. could have easily just completely done a carbon copy of either of the first two, but it doesn't. It's just kind of, it retains its own originality to it. And, yeah, I think kind of I really like that level playing field with all the different characters. You get as much Bill and Ted as you want. Their daughters, you get as much as them as you want. The the wives, you get as much as them. I will say we didn't get as much as death as I would have wanted, sadly. But uh, you know he was still there, so well, that was good. But uh, and we also get Kid Cuddy, which is I guess yeah. Fun. <laughs> well, with death, the one thing I will say I, I'm happy with the way they worked it. With they, they do wait until late in the movie to introduce him, but then when he's there, he is you know, huge part of this movie. Uh, And I feel like it was the right choice to kind of hold off on him to the end because the afterlife aspect is obviously very outrageous compared to the other stuff we're seeing. Uh, One thing I'll say that it really improves on multiple viewings. And I think that there's very few movies that uh, you can pick up on the subtleties in the background so much on the big screen as with this. Like you would think this isn't so much a theatrical experience, but it is. And I'll say specifically with Samara Weaving, who you're a big fan of, who I'm familiar with but not really a big fan of i'm guessing you know her being part of your native country might be something to do with that um but her facial acting is what alex winter and keanu reeves got and i'm not saying anything against the other daughter about ted's daughter in this movie she was good too but samara weaving the way that she incorporated just these ridiculous expressions Often when she's not even the main focus on screen, like every single time I've seen this movie, I'm more and more appreciative of her where I'm like, I see like huge star potential with her. And I'm not saying I want to see a Bill and Ted Jr. movie, Hmm. but she could carry it. Like the first time I saw this movie, I'm like, yeah, she's pretty good. And then I see it again and I see it on a big screen and see how much great facial acting she can do and how brilliant of a comic actress she is for somebody who I guess is primarily known for horror movies really impressed me yeah so Samara Weaving when I was very much into Home and Away she was on Home and Away for a long period of time and uh, you know it doesn't uh, take away from the fact or doesn't help that a large portion of that time she spent in a bikini so um, (laughs) you know that which she's definitely not in in this movie (laughs) no no she's not Um, but again uh, she's also related to the esteemed Hugo Weaving uh, she's yeah. her his niece, so you know it comes from good lineage. But I don't know. I've just always I always seem to like her. Home and Away is just one of these shows. As if anyone watches any form of soap opera, that 
you know, you're going to like characters and you're going to hate characters. Kind of, there's, there's never really an in-between. Like, I've talked a lot about how I hated Chris Hemsworth on Home and Away, but he's turned into somebody who's, like, really good. And Samara Weaving was somebody who I was kind of like, look, she's fine. Like, her character's, you know, not annoying and, you know, she's she seems nice and she's good to look at. Kind of all the boxes, I guess, ticked. But she was <laughs> never one of these ones where it's kind of like, you were like, oh... Is she going to go on to bigger things? Because everyone eventually leaves home and away and is all like, I'm going to go off and make it a career in Hollywood, you know, and it's, <laughs> what, 3% of the time worse. It's like when Margot Robbie became a thing. She was on Neighbours. And I remember when I was with Louise, she used to watch Neighbours and I used to see Margot Robbie. And again, she was kind of like Samara Reeving, like, okay, she's good. She's fine. Her character's not annoying. She's good to look at, you know, all those kind of things. And then when she makes it famous, she's like, okay, fair enough. Um Having said that, Margot Robbie a lot better than Samara, Re- Samara Weaving on the acting stage, but uh, still, Samara Weaving's got plenty of time to play Nancy Kerrigan in the the rebut movie <laughs> to the ton- I, Tonya. But I guess where I'm going with this, I like Samara Weaving. Um, <laughs> her facial acting is great. She Samara Weaving has these eyes. I think it's kind of like uh, let's use a Survivor reference here. It's like the Kim Spradlin eyes. You're kind of sucked mm-hmm. in. And that is what it is to me about Samara Weaving that you really are drawn to her by her face. And I think that you then pay attention to the facial acting. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. The other daughter played by, I've never heard of her, Bridget Lundy Payne. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with her. She she kind of did channel a lot of Keanu Reeves, though, I think. Yeah. I mean, she is Keanu Reeves' daughter. But um, I definitely got that, like, she, I guess her MO for her role would be act like Keanu Reeves. And I think she kind of pulled it off pretty well. Like, I mm-hmm. think kind of, you believed that she was Keanu Reeves' daughter in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and whereas I think with Samara Weaving, she she made a more original character, even though it feels like it is Bill's daughter. Um, Alex Winter, for a guy who hasn't acted in who knows how long, uh, didn't miss one step in this movie. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like at some points I enjoyed him even more than Keanu Reeves, who's you know, been acting forever. And it's funny because I, I I don't watch the Ellen DeGeneres show, uh, mostly because I'm opposed to the abuse <laughs> yeah, me backstage. Too. I, I have boycotted that show since all of these revelations came out. Ellen, how could you? I believe to be nice to people and you've, oh, you've let me down, Ellen. You've let me down. I will never watch Finding Nemo again. But um, there's uh, the Kelly Clarkson show, which airs opposite Ellen DeGeneres here. Oh, in, wait in, till the oh, revelations come out about her show. Yeah, Oof. exactly. Uh, so Kelly Clarkson had had on uh, the cast of Bill and Ted uh, done as like a Zoom thing. And uh, I watched it just because it was Bill and Ted. And Alex Winter on there, surprisingly, when they said about, you know, this movie being made, Keanu Reeves was the one who's like, yeah, you know, as soon as they said they wanted to make this movie, I'm like, yeah, I'm down for it. And Alex Winter's like, I held out for a couple of years. Like, he did not want to do this. And it was simply because he 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 wanted the movie to rest with the two movies. And then he's like, okay, the more that they start explaining to me and then when I saw the script, I'm like, we have to make this movie. And I think one of the things that really sets this apart uh, is, what would be the word? The affection that Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves have in this movie for these characters where it doesn't feel like they're phoning it in in any way. It doesn't feel like they're just imitating what they did in the first movies. It, this is very much a movie addressing guys who are 50 years old, who, you know, why are we such losers? There's a lot of heart to this movie. And Alex Winter, especially, I think, just impressed me because it's been so long since he's acted. But, uh, you know, 
you could tell everybody involved in this movie when you watch the, uh, you know, the interviews. And then even when you watch this movie, like everybody really got it and really cared about the finished product of this movie. Now, again, I'm not going out of my way and saying this is a brilliant movie. And I feel like there are some people, Noah seems to be one of them who said he was kind of disappointed with the movie. And I always find it funny because the, the, the few people I've seen who said that they're disappointed with it were like, oh, it just didn't live up to my expectations. What expectations should you have going into a Bill and Ted movie? That's like saying, dude, where's my car too? Oh, <laughs> oh you know what? I had when, higher when, expectations. When is it happening? Sorry, you got me excited. Yeah. Is that happening? He's asking and are you Sean back? Are we finally going to see Sean William Scott? It's been a while. Sean, where are you, Sean? <laughs> yeah, it, it, unless they get Jennifer Garner back, it's not worth happening. But, true, um, true. but... You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, knocking Bill and Ted, I'm simply saying this is a very simple premise. And I don't understand how somebody could even have high expectations, but I feel like that's one of the explanations for why this movie is as loved as it seems to be by critics is that it's kind of foolproof. You can't have high expectations going to a Bill and Ted movie, even if it has been 30 years. And then when you add to that, the enthusiasm that all these actors had in making the movie and how much that shows on screen. I feel like, you know, it, it's satisfying. It's like you said, it's good. Even if somebody's not going to love it, it's like, you can't hate this movie. I feel like you can't hate it. I think you summed it up well when kind of you, they get it that they're kind of playing these like 50 something guys and there's got a bit of heart to it. And I know I keep referencing Dumb and Dumber 2, but I think kind of one big problem with Dumb and Dumber 2 was that, you know, Jim Carrey and um, Jeff Daniels are kind of, trying to just play it the same as they did. And I get it. Like, you know, yeah. different characters. It's a lot more of a dumber movie. It's called Dumb and Dumber. But that felt a bit awkward and a bit off in Dumb and Dumber 2 for large portions of it where you've kind of got them being the same as they were when they're young. It just doesn't feel the same. So they should have kind of played it a little bit more of their age. So that's kind of where that failed to hit the mark. Whereas this one, yeah, like, I don't think they're playing it like they did at all. Like, you, that was, you know, a worry. But you, you really do feel like these are just kind of older guys. And... and you know, we know people who are of a certain age and maybe we aren't old enough to know them when they were younger, but it's sort of, it gets to a point where, you know, you can imagine what they would have been like as younger people and being a lot more exuberant and things like that kind of as kids and how they are as they're older people. So um, I think this kind of does that very well. And um, yeah, as you said, you can't, you can't hate this movie. Uh, no, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? Go be racist. Someone. Get a date. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, we haven't mentioned Noah not getting a date for a while. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? If he had had a date, he could have taken her to Bill and Ted Face the Music. Exactly. Now available at your local Cineplex Cinema because they will be a sponsor of us one day. I think. <laughs> what streaming network uh, is this even on? So that that's something I actually want to talk about because I had a really hard time finding this. Uh, they announced where it was streaming in the United States and majority of those weren't available in Canada. Amazon being the big one. I was really excited about Amazon because it was the only one that was offering that you could not only rent this movie, but you could buy it for like five, $10 more. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to own this movie. So why don't I do that? Not available in Canada. Uh, Google Play, for whatever reason, it's very difficult to find, but you could find it on Google Play. It's just, it took me longer. The only way I was able to find it on day one was through my cable TV subscription, the on-demand service through there, which was awful because you only got it for 24 hours. Um, but, you know, I was glad to have it at, at least in some form. But it is available at least on Google Play in Canada. In the United States, um, Fandango and Amazon and Google and pretty much everywhere, which I guess it was blowing away, you know, um, everything else on demand over the last week, uh, which you could say, okay, well, it's a new movie, of course, it's going to. But, I mean, there's lots of movies out there now and there's theaters that are reopening. The fact that Bill and Ted 30 years later 
seems to still have this kind of following is is kind of shocking. I mean, this is this despite being released primarily on demand is in the top three at the box office you know consistently for two weeks in a row now well i mean there's only three movies at the box office so i mean <laughs> kind of not that hard but, but if, if people ha- this is sort of the, my point is if everybody who's been saying against theater reopenings oh i'm not going to go to a theater because i i can just stream stuff now here's a movie that says we're offering you both and there's still millions of people out there or thousands of people who are saying i want to pay to see this in the theater and the thing is too that I guess doesn't hurt this movie completely is that it's only cost $25 million to make, which is cheap as mm-hmm. chips in 2020, isn't it? You know, that's um, yeah. that's not expensive at all. And I think one thing I would just say visually about this movie, it looks fantastic, but I, I do like how kind of with some of the special effects they've almost tried to retain an 80s feel to it. Yeah. So like the, the time-travelling sequences where you see the, what are they, the cables of time or whatever. Circuits, um, yeah. Circuits of time, thank you. They they kind of go for a deliberate look like, yeah, they absolutely yeah. look polished and new. Don't get me wrong, but it's the, the, it's, you can tell that they've, I guess, cheaped out on the special effects. And I feel that's deliberate to re- retain that mm-hmm. connection, which I think works. It really does work. Like, let's be honest. When we first saw the the prequels, we were kind of a little bit jarred. Weren't we like, well, okay, why does everything look so new and fancy when this is set before mm-hmm. the original trilogy? So um, yeah, I think kind of this does that very well. Yeah, and mention a movie that I want to cover at some point, and I, I found out a way that we can cover it next year because we probably won't get to it this year. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, when Edgar Wright was making that movie, he said he specifically wanted to go out of his way for certain visual effects to have that dated look, and that's almost now becoming a thing where you don't want it to look so pristine and polished, especially if you're in a franchise where you need to tie to the original. Jamie sort of commented, like, oh, the effects kind of look cheap. I'm like, that's the appeal here. It's supposed to look cheap. Um a couple other things we talked about, I guess, in the preview. We get Ted's, Ted's dad back. Love Hal Adam Jr.'s role in this movie. Feel free to come on the show anytime and discuss Bill and Ted with us, or feel free to reject us again, uh, <laughs> which works best for you. Can we please get uh, the T-shirt up and running? I really want yes. that T-shirt. <laughs> Rejected by Hal Landon Jr. Uh, and then Missy, as we said, the only other actor other than Bill Ted and Ted's dad to appear in all these movies, uh, does not disappoint with uh, what everybody can pretty much expect uh, her role is going to be in this movie. Definitely got a big laugh for me. Uh, and then, yeah, like we said, the daughters, the wives, the wives were just, they were there. They don't have huge roles, but I feel like they brought a little bit of heart to movie. Uh Jane and then the historical... I didn't even know she was going to oh, be in this movie, but there yeah. she is. She's amazing. I mean, even going back to Heroes, but yeah, you had Glee on there and everything. She really should be bigger than she is. Yeah. Uh, she's definitely not one of those ones she's... that's kind of... Um, oh, okay, so I can't remember the name of the actress, but you're definitely going to know who I'm talking about. In Jurassic World, uh, in the control room, you know how there's the geeky mm-hmm. guy who wears the original T-shirt and then he tries to hook up with the, the geeky girl, girl in the room? Yeah. yeah, you know, you know exactly who I'm talking about. She's like in tons of things too, and should be bigger because she's really good as well. She reminds me of Jamie May somehow. But um, yeah. they're two people that are good. They're good in everything they're in, and they should be bigger than they are. Make <laughs> them both happen. That's, that's the word of the day today. Is good. Just yes. in case people are keeping. <laughs> they're good. Right. They're good. They're not this movie is Russo, good. But they're also not Amanda Pete. So yeah, you know, exactly. They're, they're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> and then the future stuff like Holland Taylor and I, I'm not going to spoil it too much, but there is one character in this movie, uh, which we may have already dropped the name of. Uh, we won't Chow? spoil it because <laughs> it's, it's the star of this movie. Uh, oh, lover. And, oh, lover. Yeah. Uh, who are you talking about? Kristen Schaal? No. 
Oh, no, no, I was talking about somebody else. I was talking about, let's just call it her ex. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. No, they're good, but I also love Christian Schaal. I love her. Yeah. No, I mean, everybody's great in this movie. And, and for a 90-minute movie to be able to cram as many characters in, uh, also very much like Excellent Adventure, where you had, we were talking about, you no, know, who's the favorite historical figure? Is it Napoleon? Is it uh, Joan of Arc? Is it Genghis Khan? Uh, everybody gets a great moment in this movie. And then the ending, which... Again, completely different than what I expected it to be. Uh, it's it's a firm conclusion to the series. I mean, I doubt they're going to be making a Bill and Ted 4 now. Maybe they could figure out a way to do it. But I uh, absolutely love the ending. And uh, the soundtrack, only other thing I want to mention, one negative view I found was basically saying the soundtrack should be more prominent in this movie. And I can kind of agree with that because I've listened to this soundtrack to death. It's actually a really good soundtrack if you listen to it. But almost none of the music is present in the movie. It's a lot of like background music here or there and, you know, a 10 second clip playing. Uh, I definitely expected more music to to be a part of this movie. Uh, but if anybody has a chance, go out of your way and actually listen to the soundtrack because it is quite good. I like the ending song. That's mm-hmm. what I can say. <laughs> one, one thing quickly, I just quickly mentioned on the cast as well. Again, without spoiling it, but there is a certain character in this movie that you liked in one of the first two movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the same actor, but were you excited to see the reappearance of that character? I I was, although with no similarities to the way that character was presented, it, <laughs> it felt off to me. So I'm still I'm still digesting that because uh, I would have written this differently. <laughs> there would have been a lot more, hey, you know, stuff like that in there. <laughs> but yeah, what about we do Kid get Kid Cuddy though. Kid Cuddy, I mean, come on. It's a clever way to do it. Like we we mentioned, uh, you know, bringing real people in here, not just like okay, we have Queen Elizabeth and we have um, Jimi Hendrix and Louis Armstrong, but bringing actual modern day famous musicians in this movie well, and him being in it he he has the biggest role in this movie playing a version of himself but i just love the hilarity of playing this totally ridiculous over the top version of himself i mean you say famous i mean he's kid cuddy you know i mean <laughs> he had one good song he did another with rihanna didn't he and then kind of the few others are kind of i guess if you're fans of him you heard, I, i've known again and, kid cuddy is the bill and ted face the music of the musician world like he's there he's good <laughs> You know, I'm nothing against Kid Cudi, but I mean, it's not like they got Madonna or Lady Gaga or someone like that. Like, or Rihanna. Uh, Rihanna. <laughs> like, <but laughs> thing, it actually, you know what it reminded me a lot of? It reminded me a lot of Zoolander with Billy Zane. Uh, just how they just kept referring to him by his full name, just like in Zoolander. It's like, listen to your friend Billy yeah. Zane. He's a cool yeah. dude. <laughs> like, <just the> way- <laughs> Fuck, I love that. Yeah, they're always referring to him as Kid Cudi in this. Yeah, yeah just, they refer to him as his full name, which I think is hilarious. So, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, just before we get to uh, the review here, I'm just going to sort of add to mine. Uh, this really is something that improves on multiple viewings, which I was surprised at because I thought, you know, okay, I'll see this. It'll be good and I won't get anything else from it. But I think I appreciate all the time travel stuff. Uh, did you like the time travel, the way that it was using? Because I think that was the one thing that you were a really big fan of in the first two movies, even with Bogus Journey, which you actually binned, was how they incorporated time travel and, you know, oh, we're going to do this and that will affect this and paradoxes and all that. The thing, yeah, well, the thing that I liked about those two is kind of, it's, I mean, time travel movies are very complex thing. We always know that there's so many ins and outs where it's just like the first two just didn't really seem to give a shit and kind of just, it's just like come along with the journey. You know, this is, it's like the awesome power scene when kind of they talk about uh, going time travel and that kind of Basil exhibition stares in the camera. It's like, just go along with it, okay? And like winks at the mm-hmm. camera or whatever it is. I feel this did kind of 
complicated a little bit more because there were kind of mm-hmm. a few moments when they were going over paradoxes and things and they got to go to a certain point in time. Like I felt they did make it a little bit more complicated than the first two, which I was a bit like, eh. but at the same time, kind of you forget about it pretty quickly and then kind of, you know, it just, it is kind of check your brain at the door and just believe that this is what's going to happen. So um, I kind of liked that aspect, but I don't feel it did it as well as the first two. That's maybe one detractor for it. But uh, mm. other than that, one thing I think I just quickly add on that though, is I, I don't know if it was you or Noah said in our group chat that um, they could have played up a little bit more to the musicians, uh, you know, going through time a little bit more. Cause that was any- Noah be- coming from the musician who wanted yes. more musicians in the Sorry, movie. He's just jealous yeah. that he didn't get Kid Cudi's role. Yeah, exactly. Where was the Fatty Essa cameo? But no, I agree with him. I think they could have played it up a little bit more. You know, like let's let's get some other famous musicians to interact because uh, mm-hmm. you know we got a lot more historical figures in the first one. So, but I mean, what we did get like Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, kind of you know Mozart. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of funny. So yeah, Mozart was hilarious. <laughs> I love yeah. the Mozart stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what are you going to do with this? I mean, I'm I'm. It's pretty obvious. I'm buying this movie, but I genuinely. I'm not saying that I went into this with expectations where I'm like, I'm going to love it no matter what, you know, I figured I would like it no matter what. And I, I, I really did enjoy this movie. So I'm definitely buying it. I feel I'm going to complete the trilogy with a trilogy of our uh, ratings. I bought <laughs> Excellent Adventure. I've been Bogus Journey. So I'm going to rent Face the Music. Um, uh, again, it's fine. I, I, I don't think I would rush out of my way to watch this anytime soon. I, and like, I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible in a beloved franchise that you love. It's probably feel the same for the entire Bill and Ted franchise. Like it's, I like the first one. I don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's kind of, it's not like back to the future. I almost feel like I have to watch it every year. You know what I mean? It's kind of just, it's not something that I've completely fallen in love with. So um, yeah, it's fine. It's a rent. Just, just wait until you see the live action TV series, which I've now seen. (laughs) You did explain that to me and uh, clearly would hold up very well in 2020. No, it would not. Um, (laughs) So Bill and Ted Face the Music done, Tenet done. Uh, our next review is probably going to be Wonder Woman, I'm thinking, right? Oh, Mulan, aren't we going to rush out and oh, we've Mulan. got it? I mean, if we find yeah. the time to do Mulan, we can do that. Yeah, so yeah, I guess Mulan is technically our next one, which uh, should be coming soon, I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, and then Wonder Woman after that, which will tie into Justice League Month Part 2. Yes. Uh, as we're going to be starting it, hopefully in the next week, we're going to start with Justice League. And then Aquaman, and then uh, Shazam, and then Birds of Prey. Which I don't... We talk this up so much in Tenet. I'm, I'm really excited. Like, I was talking to Mallory's brother about uh, this the other day because he said he's just going to rewatch them all and we'll have a conversation about it. And we're talking about Justice League. And I, I think I've actually only ever seen Justice League twice. I really... Like, at the cinema mm-hmm. and at your house. Like, I don't actually think I've watched it outside of those two times. And... It just gets me excited. It's one of those kind of things when you go like, oh, I get to watch Justice League again. I swear I'm the <laughs> only person on the planet who literally gets excited to watch Justice League. But I like it. Shoot me. Mm-hmm. I like Justice League. It was a good movie in my eyes. So I'm looking forward to recapping all of it. It is a fun movie. Um, I think I, I ranked it somewhere in the middle of the DC movies when it came out, but I'm interested to see where it would be now. Uh, so other than that, we don't really have much else coming out, do we? Um. I don't know. How's uh, that show you guys do about the Total drama. Okay, so you didn't hear that part. Let me repeat. (laughs) I don't listen. Um, There was a fly on the wall. I was distracted. uh, Total Drama Island. The season's almost done. The the season finished, but there's like a one-off episode that's included as kind of a finale season one uh, lead into season two Total Drama Action. 
So we will be covering that uh, this week, which I have a surprise walk on cameo on for about 10 minutes as I was driving to work. So you're going to hear Keith Brothman? my vehicle. No, me. Uh, uh. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but that's mostly a Rossi and Jared episode, although I do appear on it. And then we're going to recap the whole season and eventually do total drama action. And maybe Ben and I will start Scream Queens one of these days. Um, we'll get there. It's like we'll finish Lost uh, one day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll bring Noah back. Uh, We're going to go Noah's back, just... Noah. We're going to go back. If Noah wasn't so dating, he'd be able to cover Lost right now. That's the oh, real issue. He's being racist. He just realized that there's actually <laughs> black people in Lost, so he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so stay tuned for more stuff from the Off Network. Uh, my name is Colin, and hopeless, hopeless dying breath. And my name is Ben, and... Excellent. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. 